1: Good morning and welcome to Military Network Radio. We have a very good show for you today on a topic that is so often overlooked and that is the health and wellness for the military spouse, you know, the one who stands behind and is the financier, is the uh, doctor mom, is the person who keeps the household together. It can also be a man. With the wife deployed, it can be just anybody who is holding together the household while someone else is deployed or on TDY and all of those kinds of things. And so often, we take it for granted. And I forget who it was, Les, maybe you know, who said, if we wanted you to have a spouse, we would have issued you one. Remember (laughs) who said that?
2: Well, that's what they told us in basic training, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And And, and by the way, Les Davis is our co-host today. (laughs) But it, it is so funny because so seldom... Do you hear anything in terms of the health and wellness of the military spouse and how they're watching the children and how they switch the school systems and find the new pediatrician and make a home wherever they are planted? Um, and that is a very tough topic. So we're going to bring that in today and talk about the importance. Importance of the emotional and physical health for the military spouse, and Les, you mentioned it. So, think back and give a few memories, if you could.
2: Well, absolutely. This when I when we first started talking about the topic, and I was reading through it, it reminded me of everything my wife went through, um, whether we were deployed, um, when I was going through recruiting school, and she was looking for a house where we were going to live. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just imagine that all that weight put on the military spouse. Uh, moving, finding the, the the right school system for the kids, making sure that all the bills are paid, making sure life is normal for the family. And then the military, then like I would come back home and then trying to, then me and her trying to fit back in together. I, just a, an incredible amount of stress as I look back on it now, but it just, it, as military members, it's just, it's like normal, but it's, it's not normal. Did and, you think and just, about it then? No, I, I didn't. I, 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 I'm honest. I just did not think about it then, and and I, I am grateful, you know, today that I had such a strong, independent wife.
1: Well, amen. And and here's a shout out to all those amazing military spouses, because it is a lot to handle. And I think that all in social media and the news, all the attention is always paid to the service member, but. There is always someone else, whether it's family support, a spouse, there's somebody in the background, or at least you hope there's somebody in the background, because a lot of things can happen. You're lowering of the immune system, um, being very unhappy for time periods, uh, which puts stress on everyone and the entire community. I think we expect a great deal out of our military family community.
2: I I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, you, you just you, they go through the deployments alone. You know the mm-hmm. emotional roller coaster rides of every day. Even you know kids going to school, coming home, dealing with the kids' emotional up and downs. You know as they grow older, you know they get into their teenage years, and you know what a roller coaster that can be. So all uh, yeah. These, yeah. <laughs> so just imagine all that being put on the, the the military spouse while we're while we are deployed, or we're, while we're at school, or like you're saying a TDY. Mm-hmm. You know. I think people
1: forget about that. I mean, you're not only just deployed, you're often sent for trainings, uh, schooling, as you mentioned, you know, various things that you have to do that make you absent from the home. And that's just not easy to do. So we are very blessed today to have Dr. Michelle Gamble, former military spouse, who is now a holistic health practitioner and very familiar with the ups and downs of military Life, And I love the way she talks about if you have a load of symptoms of just stress and overload and overwhelm, you end up with an avalanche of health issues. But there are ways to survive in the military community and beyond, and it is a very close-knit group. But, you know, Michelle, first of all, welcome to Military Network Radio.
3: Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, you're very
1: welcome. I think this is such an important topic, and as we wind toward the end of the summer and we move into the fall and school and all the moves that have taken place prior to this, let's talk first about the self-identification, because it's not just doing things and having that label, it's self-identifying that way, and some people do, and some people choose not to
3: and you know i think that's one of the key points when i when i work with uh people in general but especially caregivers and the tremendous caregivers that are within the military family and it's that almost fear of being able to explore who we are as individuals. We get so caught up in our identity either as the husband or the wife of Mm -hmm. the military member Mm -hmm. or our next great title is the mom of, and, you Mm -hmm. know, we have our different children and very rarely do we even have our own names or labels for ourselves. So when I was in the military, I was known as Wilbert's wife or Ankala's mom, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and sometimes I wonder, do do people even know my name? Do I even know my name? Do I even have any kind of understanding of who I am independent of my children, independent of my my spouse? What are my likes and dislikes? What are my passions? What are my interests? And that is such a key point that for many people, they don't really get slapped with that until... They separate from the military. And that's when a tremendous amount of stress is compounded upon military families in that transition, where all of a sudden their identity of being a military wife or a military service member is, quote unquote, taken away. And now they're looking at themselves in the mirror wondering, who am I? Mm, you know. That
2: is that is so. T- I can't agree with you more on that, Michelle. That is it, it. All trans. The transition is the hardest thing service members do. It is. It's adjusting to civilian life, getting your own identity. I love that. How you said getting your identity back, because just think about what you did when you were going to when you had to deal with uh, administrative things. You had to go up and you had to give your your a social security number because yours didn't matter until they needed it on something <laughs> else. Right.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
2: so it. And then you're transitioning, and all of a sudden, now you're Michelle. You're not, you know, so and so's, you know, you know, major's wife or sergeant first class wife or whatever. You are, you're your own identity again, you know. And it's 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 what a what a transition. And the hard a part of that is is grasping it and bringing it together. Uh, uh, man, I'll tell you, when when we did that, um, it was we had transitioned already in a civilian community because of the recruiting command. But then when we got out, it was no longer, I was no longer Sergeant Davis. You know, I was, you know, I felt like, man, I'm nobody. <laughs> and, and then, you know, with, with my wife, she was, as our gatherings, there were no more gatherings because we, we lost our community. Mm-hmm. Right. So we had to, we had to get almost like you're starting over with new friends, you know, if it, and you know, in the military, you're so close, you're almost like family so it's it's you're almost like seeking new family and well, it's, does that make sense
3: I mean that is exactly correct, you know, and one of the key components of helping us to have healthier lives is for us to be able to have a sense of purpose and mission for our own self that is quote unquote in a way of speaking separate from our role as caregiver or our role as a spouse. So when I work with, with people, part of the healing journey is to just take time and, and have permission. You know, we, it's like, okay, let me give you a prescription with a permission to be able to be selfish in a way of speaking, to even acknowledge who you are and to realize that it is a key component of being healthy and well. To be able to explore who you are, to be able to explore your passions and your interests independent of all the other people in your life. You know, I, I think that one of the other things that I think is important,
1: we just have a few minutes before we head to break, is those in the National Guard and Reserve often don't self-identify as military at all. And with that uptempo tempo that was going on years ago, and still going now but less so, they were being deployed at a rate faster than the active duty
4: hmm.
2: that that is exactly right and here they're they're going away and it's all of a sudden you have a family unit that's together most of the time and then they're whisked away the military spouse whisked away to you know to go not the military spouse but the military members whisked away to go to Afghanistan Iraq or wherever that you know contingency is where they're being deployed
1: well, and and now- they, they, didn't have a commu- they don't have a community that even knows that they're military in many ways.
4: Mm-hmm. So
1: we are going on our quick break. We will be back just after a few messages. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We're talking to Dr. Michelle Gamble today about the military spouse, health and wellness. We'll be right back.
0: We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's
2: the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
5: Many of us look forward to the holidays all year long. It is such a magnificent opportunity to get together with family and friends and decorate and give gifts and eat the most delicious food. But numerous people dread the holidays as far as their weight, health, and exercise are concerned. They know they'll have so much temptation and chances to derail their healthy lifestyle. Many just resolve themselves into thinking that gaining weight over the holidays is a fact and there is no way to avoid it. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to embrace the holidays. Have a plan before you go to any dinner, party, or event and decide what you're going to eat and stick with it. Yes, there will be temptation, but you can overcome it. Stay with the plan and reap the benefits. You can contact us at fitnessminute at annettehammond.com.
6: well-known in medical practices that patients tend to lie about their health habits. They lie about how much they smoke, understate how much they drink or eat, and overstate how much they exercise. What's another word for those little white lies we like to tell in the examination room? Teradiddle's. Doctors have a rule of thumb. Whatever the patient says they're drinking, smoking, or eating, multiply it by two. But it's hard to come clean about your habits when you know you're in for some jobation from the doctor. That's criticism we don't want to hear. If physicians want us to be honest with them, I suggest they try being a little less judgmental and use a little suave eloquence. That's soothing, encouraging talk. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference.
1: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Dr. Michelle Gamble. And one of the things that's so interesting to me, and we'll finish up with the Garden Reserve, is that when you have what we call our citizen soldiers in our communities, very few people may know that they are part of the military. So when they are deployed or sent away, it is very difficult. Um, Not not to say that it isn't difficult when you are, but at least if you do self-identify that way, it's one thing. What do you say to those who are only um, named, identified as military spouses, because most of their friends don't know. So they lack that military network
3: of supportive friends. And, you know, I guess it's an individual situation where it's a matter of whether or not that is a key component of who you are and what you do. Um, However, that being said, I realize that for for us that are sometimes in the military, every time we transition from one duty station to the next, and we are always challenged to create a new community or merge ourselves into a new community, and sometimes that can become very challenging. Um, But the key to being part of a military community is the fact that you become part of a group of people that have an understanding of something that most people in the world don't have an understanding of which is the mm-hmm. fact that you're constantly being transplanted into new environments and having to create a new life amongst strangers and having to lean upon strangers as family and that came very key for me when I when we transitioned from San Diego over to Kings Bay over in Georgia and I think I mentioned the story before where I had to go to get some medication and I had no one to be able to watch my kids for me. Mm-hmm. And I jumped in the car with the kids. And when I got to the, to the infirmary, to the medical clinic, I realized they didn't have any shoes. <laughs> and so I had to run into the clinic. And by the time I ran back out, the the officers were already at the car, you know, and I said, oh, my God, if only I'd had a girlfriend or somebody that I could have left the kids with, you know, and it, it it just adds stress when you are isolated. And in our world today, more so than ever, we have so many people, in spite of the fact that we have all of this fantastic technology like Skype and all of these things, people are actually more isolated today than they were 40, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And to us in the military, that's, that's just, you know, our normal kind of living, you know, being in these isolated communities or, you know, where you say, okay, it's me and the kids. And hopefully you may find a community of other military spouses or maybe through the military church or maybe you even step out beyond that and engage in the surrounding community. Each of these are so important in our lives, because the research is showing us that when we look at the health outcomes for people, those people who are connected to a support mechanism, to a support community, they have far better health outcomes to those people that are isolated. And there are a variety of reasons for that, from things as you know mundane as um, having someone to talk to. You know, on a daily basis, there were times when I would go to a new duty station and all I had were the kids. And I said, you know, I would pull my hair out like I want to have a conversation that goes beyond Barney and Teletubbies, (laughs) 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 you know, Um, and yes, I would call my parents and I would call my sister, but they still didn't have an understanding of what I was going through. And, you know, that made me feel isolated, even though I knew that I was loved and I came from a loving family. Um, because there's nothing like having an actual physical person there to know, just shoot the breeze, to, to talk about stupid stuff like the weather or just, you know, anything. Um, so there's that aspect of communication. And then there's also the aspect of having someone there to support you when you have your downtimes when you you may be a little bit under the weather, and instead of feeling that you have to be super mom or super dad and take care of the kids while you're you know, also nursing yourself from the flu, you have someone who can come over and say, you know what, don't worry about the kids, I got this. Um, so there are so many reasons why, as I said, the research is, phenomenal that says that we need to be part of support community, we need to be part of family structures, we need to be part of environments that, that nurture us, that affirm us, that help us to deal with sometimes the mental gremlins and the emotional um, demons that come up in our spheres, you know, because sometimes when you're alone, that's when you become susceptible to negative self-talk. That's when you become susceptible to depression and feeling as if the world is just too overwhelming. And all of these things impact our overall health.
2: You, you know, that is exactly true. When we were when you transition from base to base or duty station to duty station, the military member is assigned a sponsor, you know, a person to show him uh, him or her where this section is or here's your section, here's your team. You know and, and show them you know what this new duty station is like but you don't you don't get sponsored on the spouse side you know there's no there's no hey we're going to give you you know mr or mrs so and so you know to show you around show you where the like you're saying where the base um the medical facilities are the schools or anything else which is at is stress so that then that delays You in in finding your niche in the community or your friend in the community or, you know, family to family until maybe there's a family get together or a a new spouse's uh, group. It just doesn't seem like there's that support as there is on the sponsorship of the military member.
3: And that's why it becomes even more important for us to take charge of our health and well-being and to realize that this is as critical as knowing where the commissary is. You know, we 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 kind of undervalue the importance of what we call in the military soft spot, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, but it's not a soft spot. It is something that is very crucial. And for us that are the spouses that are, quote unquote, left behind, we have to really identify this as a necessity and to allow ourselves to be assisted, to allow ourselves to be helped to allow other people into our lives and that can be a challenge because you know we, there's also that fear of of whether or not somebody's trying to be you know take 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 me for granted or whatever it may be um, and there's always a risk in venturing out to initiate new interactions and new um, communications but I think when we start to realize that this is so critical, this is as important as eating your broccoli and your spinach, making sure that you go and you find groups that you can, that can support you go and introduce yourself, go and if possible, or if necessary, create a support group. This is not one of those fuzzy areas. This is not, you know, something that you can live or live without. Again, it is critical to our health and well-being to be constantly supported and at least have a lifeline have a community that we can refer to in our moments of need
2: Michelle have you found that as 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 a military spouse that when you transition from base to base that uh, the military spouses are, are more guarded they would they would rather not belong to a spouses group or or maybe even start their own or would they would they fear that not belonging or not joining?
3: Um, I don't I haven't found that particularly for myself. Uh, but again, it it really varies from person to person. As you said before, Linda, there are some people who don't self-identify mm-hmm. as, quote unquote, military family members. And those are the people that will leave the base and they'll go to church off base. You know, they will go right. to yeah. the they'll go shopping off base because they don't have a need to have that kind of support structure within the military confines and that's perfectly fine it, to me it doesn't make a difference which way you want to you know float your boat as my mom would say the only <laughs> thing that's important is that you go somewhere for support that you have some kind of network that you feel has your back so to speak and if we can provide that within the military yay and if you feel more comfortable outside the military that's yay too
1: Yeah, you know, I want to bring up one thing, and and it's that when you're isolated, you do have a tendency, you meaning the military spouse or anyone who is on their own for a long period of time, you have a tendency to overthink, to spiral downward, to be negative. And one bill has never made it past Congress and yet is put forward every single year, and that is keeping track of the military dependents and their mental health. Mm. And specifically, um, whether they're suicidal, whether they have um, major depressive disorder, those kinds of things. And in the scheme of things for the budget, it usually runs around $650,000 to be able to do this, which is peanuts Mm. in, you know, speak, he'll speak. But it is pretty interesting that that isn't done. Do you think that
3: would be helpful? It would be tremendously helpful because I remember the moments when i spiraled down there was there were even points where i felt suicidal and that was when my spouse was away and you know he was in the reserves at that point that had been activated and sent out to iraq and i was in south georgia we had just recently moved and i had no support and i was there with four children extremely overwhelmed it was christmas time and that was the most depressing moment of my life and I felt totally isolated and abandoned. And as you said, there was no one in the military that even called to say, hey, how are you doing? Is there anything that we can do for you? You know, it's Christmas time. Nothing. Wow.
2: Yeah. See you that- know, and, and ahead, yeah. And, and, you know, on a military base during Christmas time, it's an exodus. And, and you're right. There's there. There may not even be anybody there. And not because you had a deployment. And then you had uh, probably uh, people that just take off and t- do, you know, they take their leave during that time. So that just, there was absolutely probably no support for you there, uh, Michelle. And that's uh, that was a big miss by that command.
1: Huge. Huge. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to take this from here because we're heading to another break. The time moves quickly as we talk about a topic that means a lot to us. So at any rate, we are listening to Military Network Radio with Dr. Michelle Gamble talking about the health and wellness for the military spouse. And we will be back talking further about how do you identify energy drains, how do you find that support system, and how do you have coherent communication to keep you whole. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us, you won't want to miss it.
0: We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
6: emergency room nurse will tell you they receive some weird and wild calls i used to be the night er nurse at hennepin county general hospital in minneapolis and remember getting a call from someone who was worried about if it mattered or not if their belly button was an innie or an outie it doesn't matter but if you're an outie you are definitely the minority still that's good news because you don't have to worry about a little problem that people with innies have pledge it that's another word for belly button lint. Researchers say the color of the pledge in your belly button is related to the clothing you wear, just like the lint that collects in your clothes dryer. A friend of mine from the Philippines says they call it a chikachu. What you call a person who's obsessed with their belly button? An
0: I'm
6: Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference.
1: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're talking with Dr. Michelle Gamble. And now we're going to move into talking about what are some of the energy drains that a military spouse may have, how to identify them, and how to apply preventive health measures to help yourself because I think if you're self-aware and you recognize that okay I'm overthinking or I'm sad or I need a friend or you have thought it through that's great but not everybody has that intuitive nature to do that's it up with busyness busyness is a disease in our country I believe but there are ways of coping and some are others so Michelle can you first identify how someone goes about identifying their energy drains and then how do they take a look at what is
3: it they really need other than hiring a coach like you? Well, you know, this is one of the exercises that I do with clients all the time. And the first step is to even acknowledge that you have an energy drain because most of the times we've built up different layers of calluses and different layers of compensating within our day, within our lives, that we no longer are aware of the fact that we have an energy drain. And so one of the things that I ask people is, you know, very simply, at the end of the day, do you feel energized or do you feel wiped out? You know, when you put your head on the pillow, pillow, are you completely zapped? Or do you feel like you can go another couple of hours? And then we have to start to look at the drip, drip, drips throughout the day. Many of us perceive an energy drain as something that's going to be gushing. So, you know, if I have a, if I have a break in my plumbing in the main line and I have the water gushing everywhere and it's flooding my floors, it's very obvious to me that there is a loss of energy in this particular situation. Unfortunately, in our lives, usually we don't have these major gushes. Usually it's the little drip, drip, dripping throughout our day. And so it may start off from in the morning. Maybe your alarm goes off later than what you wanted it to go off, or maybe you didn't hear it when it went off the first um, time. And so you ended up starting your day five minutes or 10 minutes later than what you wanted to do. And then you go to the kitchen and you realize, oh, man, I forgot to uh, get something at the commissary. I forgot to get some some grocery item that I was going to cook for breakfast this morning for myself, the kids, my husband. And so that creates an energy drain. And then you notice, oh, Joey spilled the milk. Ah oh, man, Joey, how could you do that? That's an <laughs> airy drain. And then, you know, your daughter says, oh, mom, but can you pick me up after school? And you're like, oh, Jesus, why, why are you waiting until now to tell me I had all of these other things that I had on my schedule? And so throughout the day as you go along, you have different encounters that stress your system, whether it be mentally, emotionally, physically, and or spiritually. And each of these encounters take a little bit of, bit of you as you go along a little piece here, a little piece there. And before you know it, you've gotten to the point where you're at the end of the day and you're totally wiped out and you can't think of how did it happen? And you ask yourself, man, I, I didn't go to the gym. I didn't you know, work out for two hours or anything like that. So why is it that I feel so wiped out? And it is when we allow our batteries to drain little by little by little by little and we don't put things back into the bank that Mm -hmm. is when we start to um have a situation where we can get wiped out by something as simple as a cold virus Mm -hmm. you know sometimes people don't stay don't take time to think about well why is it that i'm the only one in the office that got knocked out by the cold for three weeks Everyone else, you know, they came in hacking for maybe one or two days and they were okay. But me, oh man, it lingered and I actually had to stay home for about a week to be able to recuperate. Well, that's because your energy battery had been drained. And so we, I encourage people to take a moment to just sit down and write down different things that happen in your day and write down how you felt when these different things occurred. Did you feel renewed by the interaction or did you feel drained by the interaction? And to put those two lists up, the ones of the activities and the interactions that make you feel drained and compare that to how many interactions and activities that you engaged in that helped to renew you. And again, when I talk about the battery it's not just emotionally, it's also mentally. So what are the thoughts that are going through your mind in a given day? Are the thoughts that are going through your mind depleting and quote-unquote negative? Like, oh man, I can't do this. Oh, I don't have enough of this. Oh, oh, oh. Or are your thoughts affirmative, affirming? Meaning, yes, wow, this is one, fantastic. This is wonderful. This is phenomenal. That's, you know, the same thing in terms of our health. In terms of our physical health, are we engaging in activities that are going to build us or deplete us? So are we in eating a lot of junk food or are we eating foods that are going to build our energy reserves? Are we eating foods that are going to trigger different kinds of responses and deplete our immune system and cause bloating and cause you know, mental fatigue and, and moodiness? Or are we eating live, energetic foods that are going to promote our well-being? You know, it's
1: funny. I just put out a video on Veteran Caregiver called Letting Go, hmm. because it oftentimes isn't something you're doing. It's something you're not doing. Mm -hmm. So if you let go of that which does not serve you well, which is admittedly easier to do than just to say it. But if you do let go of the things that serve you poorly, it leaves room for other things. But again, that's a self-awareness piece. And, you know, eating right, you mentioned food and exercise and friends, all of that, mind, body, spirit is all very, very important. And so if, if you've got your awareness going and you've made your list and you see things and you've started down this path, you inevitably do hit roadblocks. So I want you to talk about the importance and the effort it takes to go make new friends Because you need a social system, whether it's in a faith community or neighborhood or just someone you see at the grocery store on Wednesdays. I don't care what it is. We isolate ourselves and we go down. It's almost inevitable
3: unless you happen to be a real turtle and just pull in and you're really happy that way. And, you know, that's a very important point, Linda, because in countless different coaching sessions that I have with people, when I ask them about their renewing. Interactions or activities, I would say nine times out of ten, they will tell me it has to do with when they are with friends, when they are interacting with either a girlfriend or or their mate, or for some people even their pets. That those are their best friends. Um, that's okay too. That's okay. They're too. very not judgmental. I like that about <laughs> pets. You know, and and as you said, part of it is also letting go of certain acquaintances friends and maybe even family Mm -hmm. that deplete our energy so I often ask people when you hang up the phone when you leave the conversation how do you feel Mm -hmm. do you feel energized or do you feel like oh my god I I can't do this again and that's toxic people
1: too unfortunately there are some
3: toxic people in the
1: world and it's not always easy if they're family to separate from it but
3: isn't that a boundary issue? That is a boundary issue. And part of the boundary is when we have the courage to identify who we are and what our needs are, to acknowledge what our needs are, and to say, you know what? My needs matter. And that's, that's one of the key points for us in the military. It's as if we don't matter sometimes, you know, because all of the attention is on the service member. And... We have to have the courage to speak up for our needs, whether it be in our families or it be with our friends or it be in any kind of situation, you know, to also be able to say, you know what, I need time for myself. I need someone to watch the kids for a couple of hours so that I can recharge and to realize that this is not a luxury. I'm not, you know, even massages. Massages are not luxury items they are necessities when you are so depleted and your system has been compromised. This is really a matter of health. It is not a matter of thinking that, Oh, I don't deserve this. Oh, I have to have, you know, X, Y, and Z before I can allow myself to have this type of renewing experience. And the same thing with our friends. So
2: you know, I know the service member. I would you know it. It was, it, it was just one of those things. I think we do is just if somebody is negative all the time, we just we just kind of float away from those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But exactly. as, as but as the spouse, you're trying to you're you're trying to gain you know friends. You're trying to bring people in you know for a support you know for a support group. So how would you so how would you or what kind of advice would you give for spouses? To, um, that are trying to, to have this outreach, to have that group, but they have these toxic people over there. I mean, what what is your advice to them to counter them?
3: To first have an awareness of self and an awareness of what your needs are and to realize that this is, in a matter of speaking, a matter of life and death. It's not that you want to be nasty or disgusting to anyone, but this is a matter of survival. And if someone is toxic in your life, it is just like, I don't want to go out there and and eat certain foods that have toxic pesticides. So why would I want to have toxic friends that are going to bring that type of energy into my life that is going to compromise my health and my ability to take care of the ones that I love? Certainly. You know, the funny part is that um,
1: when you are faced with toxic people and you have to put on boundaries, that takes a lot of energy, too. And it is a matter of prioritizing. And again, the awareness of self is super important. But I also think that we're talking about the majority of military spouses are women, although there are a growing number of men. There is a tendency to always nurture others first. Mm. And so I would love when we come back from our last break to talk about adding fun into our world. And because studies show that even the anticipation of something fun, whether it's something small, a a bike ride, a day trip, anything, uh, really does help your mental outcomes from, from spiraling downward when you are lonely. Because we all get lonely from time to time. It's what do you do during those time periods and how do you manage the solitude or the chaos? I mean, it can be one or the other.
0: We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the
2: Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
5: Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
0: It's Day,
5: Have you noticed that no matter how carefully
6: you put the Christmas lights away, they still come out all cringle-crangled and jitterty-jitterty the next year? Christmas tree lights were invented in 1882 by Thomas Edison and by 1900 these miniature versions of his electric light bulb were being advertised to the public. In 1895, Grover Cleveland proudly sponsored the first electrically lit Christmas tree in the White House, featuring more than a hundred multicolored lights. By the next Christmas, members of high society were hosting flambustious Christmas tree parties. Of course, in those early Days, the services of a wireman had to be obtained as many people had considered electricity as a bit of a bugaboo. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app to funny for words.
0: Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together we make a difference.
1: So we are coming back and talking to Dr. Michelle Gamble, and on the break, Les, you mentioned that when you were recruiting, there was a story you wanted to tell.
2: Well, right, we had uh, we had female uh, recruiters, of course, out in, in the recruiting station. So when we would get together, or we would, you know, the spouses uh, would meet. The where, you know, the the male spouses, as as we we're trying to, we brought up earlier, we they just didn't fit in. You know, here here's a bunch of military guys over here, and. These aren't military guys so they So it was kind of an awkward situation. And then all the female spouses were over here. So the guys you know, it was just they I, You could just tell they were they were very awkward at the at all the functions we had, whether it was a Christmas party or different parties throughout the year we'd have. And you know you'd have to actually go up to them and, and bring them in to the to the group. Now we weren't you know bad guys. We wouldn't you know do anything. But it was <laughs> we had we had to almost drag them over to the group of guys because they just they just I don't know if they were intimidated. I don't know if they just didn't feel welcome. I don't know. But it just seemed they just felt they just felt like um, and this is this is the male spouses, not the female spouses. This is the male spouses who would we would. We almost have to, every time we got together, we'd have to drag them over to us and get them in part of the conversation because it was just an awkward feeling during um, all the other, all you know, meetings or um, family events we'd have with them. So <clears throat> is there, is there something that, that a way we could more, you know, as just advice out there, Michelle, to, to welcome in the male spouses? I mean, just what are we, that's a, you know, there wasn't a lot of them back when I served, um, but I mean, what do we do with that? I mean, that's the, how do we welcome men?
3: Well, you know, interestingly enough, when we're talking about things like self-care and having fun, it applies to men also, you know, because really and truly what we're looking at is each person as an individual. And for us to, like I said, take that first step into self-knowledge and self-awareness into what do you consider fun? Mm -hmm. Because what I consider fun may not be the same as what another woman considers fun, but it may be the same as what another military um, male spouse may consider fun. So for example, when I was stationed in uh, San Diego, I actually hooked up with another military spouse who was a, a gentleman because we were both teachers. And so our passion was you know, creating curriculum and creating different activities for the children. So even though we were different genders, We shared that passion. We shared that sense of awareness that this is what gave us uh, uh, excitement in our lives. And, you know, even when we talk about things and I said, you know, go and get a massage, I encourage our men to go and get a massage because the same is true for them in terms of activating the lymphatic system Mm -hmm. and making sure that the endorphins are released and making sure that the relaxation comes into the body. When we talk about I tell people to take a bath at night, you know, and soak in Epsom salt and and essential oils. Yes, I want my men to do that also because they need to absorb the magnesium into their bodies. They need to be able to smell the different essential oils to activate the different hemispheres of the brain, just as our women do. And every one of us need to take that time to really self-identify What are the things we enjoy? Not because someone else wants us to do it, not because other people are doing it, but because it is a genuine passion in terms of our individual wants and needs. And you know,
1: another thing to piggyback on that is when people are having difficulty figuring out what it is they need or what makes them happy, because sometimes people get stuck and they don't know where to start. They're too exhausted. I usually guide them toward the senses. Mm -hmm. So things like, you know, art, music, journaling, Mm -hmm. expression of some sort, um, scents, uh, you know, what candle smell do you like or um, what food makes you happy? You know, there are just certain things that tap into your senses that get you started perhaps on finding a
3: list of what helps you. And what are your memories? What are your fondest memories Mm, of childhood or, you know, even going back to your teenage years or maybe your years in your 20s? What was it that you just enjoyed? Because we stop doing things, it seems, when we become adults, because it's not cool to be the fun guy. It's not cool to be childish, you know, and we need to tap that inner child. And sometimes the best way to do so is to remember who we were when we were children, Well, I always use the term, you know, childish, I agree with you. You
1: don't want to be childish, but you want to be childlike Mm. because there is a wonder that you see when you look at the completely unfiltered two-year-old jumping in the puddle, (laughs) rising over the bench, and childlike is fun. So would you suggest things such as, you know, when were you last really happy? Mm. That helps on two counts, I think, excuse me, because I think it makes you realize, Oh, it has been too long since I was truly happy. And then, oh, you know, I liked it when we went on that hike, you know, just down the, the highway a little bit. There was a, a nature walk or something. You know, it can be very, can be getting a pet where you didn't have one. But again, it's the awareness of the need for self care. And I want to make sure you have enough time to talk about. Other things that you would suggest for self expression? What other things would you suggest to our listeners that maybe get them thinking along the lines of practical things they can do to make their lives richer?
3: I think, as you said, Linda, the key is that journaling process and to start the journaling process with the question Do you believe you deserve to be happy? Do you believe that you deserve to have a life of being fulfilled? Because many of us feel that it is "quote unquote" our lot in life. I remember my mom telling me that as a, as a woman, it is my lot in life to serve, and you know, you know, and I'll never get my needs addressed. Um, and I decided to debunk that and say, you know what? I deserve happiness just like all the men. I deserve to have my needs acknowledged like everyone else. And to realize that in having my needs acknowledged, it's like when they say on the airplanes, I'm putting the oxygen mask on myself so that I can better serve the ones that I love. And if if my health is compromised, if my well-being, if my spiritual fulfillment Is not being maximized, then I cannot give to the ones that I love in a truly successful manner.
2: Boy, how how true! You know, I've always um, been a believer. If you know, if if uh, you know, if the wife's happy, you know, happy wife, happy life. Happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It 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 is so true. It makes it just makes it just makes life go a lot better. um, As far as you know, keeping that open communication going, keeping her her in mind off decisions that we make, you know, not, you know, there are a few times accepting, do we accept this assignment instead of just jumping into it? because It was so good. You couldn't turn it down. You have to go home and, and believe it or not, they, you know, you, you know, your spouses, you, you think of things that we're just not thinking of, well, what about this? What about that? And then, there, then this once great thing turned into, yeah, that's not so good. So it's, <laughs> it is it, you bring, so you bring reality back. And, and uh- Go ahead.
3: Another key strategy, Linda, is to schedule me time, the same way that we schedule the kids' their soccer game and and Susie's dance recital and and hubby's you know, after after work, uh, shindig. We need to schedule times for self. So if that means waking up maybe five minutes a little bit earlier, and having those five minutes in the very early morning just for you and to put it into your schedule you know i have my little google scheduler and i put it in there because it's when i do that it's like affirming that this is for real that this counts that this matters and it may start off at as five minutes and i'm i'm being very minimal because it's very difficult for us to make that shift many of us and then later on you may say you know what i deserve 10 minutes for me you know, and you change the little schedule and you make 10 minutes and you say, during these 10 minutes, no one bothers mommy. Mommy does not even exist during these 10 minutes. I think what's fascinating, though, is what Les brought up about that the service member or the
1: veteran may not recognize right away what you're saying. So even hearing these things, I know that there's an appreciation You've, you've heard it in the military families. They have a lower divorce rate than the civilians. They have a lot more um, constant challenges that are faced. But I think that the more the communication is strong between both partners, it does aid and help. So talk a little bit about what you are a holistic practitioner with something called Sankofa Healing. Explain what that is, how people find out more information, and and kind of give the overview of that, because that's what you're all about.
3: And one other thing, just before Mm -hmm. I go into that, you said something brilliant, Linda, and the same thing, Les, that sometimes it takes someone in our community to realize that we need help, to realize that we need time for self. And so I want to make a challenge for those of us who are in the listening audience. If you have identified a spouse or a support member that you can see needs to take time for him or herself, please offer that person that opportunity and say, you know what, I'll take care of the kids or I'll I'll do such and such to give you time to have time for yourself. And sometimes we need our spouses to say that. You know, my husband was very good at doing that when he came back from tour. He would say, you know what, hon, you go off. I've got the kids. I've got this. Or he would say, you know, you need to go to sleep a little bit earlier because you're drained. I've got this. So that's why it's so important to have that sense of, a, mm-hmm. of community for people who can see when we are at our breaking point, when we ourselves don't see that. And that is what Sankofa is about. Sankofa is about going back to the traditions and the wisdom of the past. And one of the biggest traditions and, and ageless wisdom that we have is this concept of it takes a village. It takes a village not only to raise children, it takes a village to have healthy relationships. It takes a village to have healthy and whole individuals. And to avoid that crash and collapse, where do people find out more information about you and your practice? Um, you can find out more information about Sankofa Healing by going to www.sankofahealing.com. We are also on Facebook, we are on LinkedIn. And you can also email me at drgamble at sankofahealing.com or you can give us a call at 850-725-8322. And my biggest message for everyone out there is to realize that we are all one. And in taking care of self... Thank you,
1: Michelle. I'm so sorry. We are out of time. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back
3: next week. No problem.
0: Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.MilitaryNetworkRadio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your